1: Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charge podcast, coming to you live on a Sunday afternoon. Hopefully, you are uh, not dying of heat uh, on this uh, day. It seems like it's hot everywhere around the country, particularly in California on the West Coast. But uh, here today to talk about some of our annual NFL picks and predictions. Really excited about this. We do this every single year. Um, this year, we are going to include uh, a point system for these picks, and we'll kind of bake it into our uh, week pick, our, our weekly picks that we do every single year, uh, and the winner gets to receive a jersey from the other two. So uh, excited to get to all of that! And joining me to do so are my guys, Tyler and Alex. Tyler, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Can't win. Can't wait to win my uh, yellow jersey. <laughs> yeah, we got to make it two years in a row of a, of a yellow jersey. So uh, yeah, as Diego points out. Uh, Tyler did participate in the uh, crossover event earlier this afternoon, so um, I know the guys over at Chargers Unleashed, uh, you know, planned a a big-time event over there, so go check that out. Um, Alex is here as well, man. Alex, how you doing?
2: Doing good. Uh, I said yesterday on the Q&A episode that I would give Steven the floor for a minute and a half of Utah talk. I don't think he wants to do it today. But Rutgers is one and zero, baby. Don't come back to me when they finish five and seven. But uh, yeah, very happy about that. Now nah, Rutgers looked pretty good yesterday. I watched them a little bit. Uh, offense kind of, you know, outperformed
1: what I was expecting. But uh, yes, Utah definitely should have won that game. It's unfortunate that they didn't. Um, but we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Still pretty optimistic. But um, all right. So like I said, we are here today to talk about our NFL picks and predictions. We are basically going to. Uh, Give our predictions for basically all of the major awards, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookies of the Year, and Coach of the Year, and then we're going to go person by person and give each of our seven playoff teams from both of the conferences, as well as our Super Bowl picks. So it should be a fun conversation. Um, You know, I I love doing these things and being able to kind of look around the league and see where everyone is at after uh, all of this stuff. So um, that being said, we do have a Google Sheet as always. So uh let's kick it off with MVP pick here, first and foremost. Uh Alex, we'll start with you, man. Who is your pick for MVP this season?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of ways you could go on this one. Um Josh Allen is probably a pretty heavy favorite. Um, just pulling up the odds right now he's plus 600 mahomes plus 750 brady 800 rogers and herbert both plus 900 um i'm going to go a little bit off the board in comparison to those names and i'm gonna put in lamar jackson uh Ooh. as my 2022 nfl mvp um i just think he's in a contract year the ravens obviously are due for some positive regression after all the injury hell they went through in 2021 with the adjusted games loss of plenty of starters Lamar got hurt himself and then they had to play Tyler Huntley and then obviously the second half of the season you know just kind of collapsed for them but they looked like a you know Super Bowl team those first two months of the year um, and then so uh, obviously the injuries and everything happened. I just think Lamar due for a bounce back year himself uh, compared to what he was last year and I think we'll show why he you know still deserves to be in that top 10 quarterback discussion. Uh, and, you know, the the talent that he has around him is just going to be significantly improved just by getting guys back, some of the moves the Ravens have made, uh, and so I have him as my pick, um, you know, and maybe they do go with a Josh Allen or Justin Herbert because, you know, you want to give the new guy the award, uh, Lamar Mahomes has already won. They're obviously not going to give it to Rogers again, probably, uh, because he's won it two times in a row now, but um, I think yeah. Lamar is just in a, the most interesting situation. And I think if he you know outperforms what was kind of expected of him last year, I think that he is a, a really good MVP bet if I was to place one down.
3: I definitely was surprised by that one. I didn't think that's where you would go. Were you higher than
2: us on Lamar Jackson in the quarterback rankings? Um, I don't remember where I put him. I think I had him at seven. Okay. cause I had Stafford at six, I think, and then I had Burrow at eight. Yeah, So I am a little bit higher on him relative, but uh, i I didn't expect to be there either. Like I just sort of thought about it and was like, oh, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, like you know, or Patrick Mahomes. But yeah. the more I thought about it, the position Lamar's in right now, the the need to perform, uh, in addition to just how high I guess I am on the Ravens, which we'll get to when we do like our standings discussion. Um, I I think all the things just kind of lean in his way. Yeah, I definitely did not think of Lamar Jackson. I'll, I'll just
3: say that much. My answer is going to be very standard, but I kind of have to go with it. And I I, I do have Justin Herbert as the guy winning the MVP. It, it does come down to one of really you know four quarterbacks or so. Um, we'll definitely see some changes with maybe Mahomes or Rogers, just because of the guys that they're working with. I do think Herbert, you know. The leader in adjusted EPA per play since 2010 has won the MVP every single time, except for once when it was Cam Newton. Justin Herbert was fifth last year, and you watch Arjun's you know video. He hosted um, a guest on who talked about bad luck that Herbert, with just regular luck, and he did compute this somehow in a statistical model, would have led the league in adjusted EPA per play. I think when you have Herbert, just the way he plays. The low turnover worthy rate, you know, the great weapons around him. I just think that that's very stable. And if just the, the the awful thing that happened, which was the drops, the bad luck, if that all just returns to normal, he's automatically top three, top two, if not first in the league in that category. I think he's just trending that way. I think this is you know the, the final argument for Herbert. Really, even though he was one of the best quarterbacks last year, was well, he didn't win any games. <laughs> I do think that they're on their way to win some games this year. God, I hope so. Um, They certainly will win more than nine. And if they make the postseason and have 11 wins, 12 wins, and he looks about the same at quarterback, I think he'll win MVP.
1: Yeah. uh, To uh, your question earlier, uh, Alex did have Lamar higher than either of us. Obviously you did your, your stats list. So Lamar wasn't on yours. I had Lamar at nine and then Alex had Lamar at seven. So um, Alex is a, a big Lamar guy, apparently. So. Um excited to see what he honestly like I I think people kind of forget what he was like um last year year before that and you know because he obviously got injured um so I do think that the Ravens in general you know they'll make this conversation later on I do think they'll be very good I I'm really torn with this conversation I do agree with what Alex was saying I think there's going to be a little bit of voter fatigue when it comes to Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and I almost feel like Whoever is the one seed in AFC is gonna get the MVP, right? Like whether that's Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. That could certainly be kind of what ends up happening. Um, true to that point, I am going with Josh Allen. I picked him last year. Um, there's a good amount of um media love for Josh Allen, more so than I feel like Justin Herbert. And they're just they're just ready to like crown him the next you know, great quarterback and, and, you know, make him the number one quarterback in the league. And I can just kind of feel that media attention for him. Um, and I do think the Bills are are going to be one of the best teams in the NFL this year. So I love what they did in terms of um, adding Khalil Shakir and some of the draft picks that they have made, as well as adding Von Miller and things like that. So I am going with Josh Allen again this year. Um, like I said, I just think the bills are the best team in the AFC, best team in the league. Mm -hmm. And because they're kind of going to be the team that like comes out of the gauntlet of the AFC, I think it's just kind of natural for me to put Josh, uh, in that conversation.
3: Yeah. He would have been my other pick, honestly, especially when you talked about the AFC standings and the way that's just going to turn out, it does naturally look like the bills are that one seed.
1: Yeah. Um, Alex, how close do you think uh, you were to going with, you know, obviously Justin Herbert, our guy here as MVP?
2: Uh, It was really close. I mean, I kind of went with Lamar just based on what I think the best bet was and and the upside there. Um, But I mean, obviously, I think it could go to Herbert, Allen or Mahomes very much in that number one seed in the AFC discussion. Um, Yeah. Uh, a couple years, Arjun, but I think Joe Burrow could theoretically be in that discussion too. If the Bengals are the one seed and you know, sure. that kind of narrative as well. Oh um, man, if the Bengals are the one seed, Joe
1: Burrow's absolutely getting an MVP.
2: I think even if yeah. they are like a, a two yeah. or three seed,
1: I think they get, MVP. I mean,
2: you know, especially with the, you know, uh, media attention towards Joe yeah. Burrow. Um, yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of just interesting picks this year. I think it's a really deep group. Like you could even make a case just in the same way that, lamar won in 2019 and cam one in 2015 that you have like a jalen hurts or trey lance um that kind of come out of nowhere uh as well to have those types of years so um i i think really it's going to come down to obviously who has the best individual quarterback season and you can make an argument for a lot of guys
1: yeah absolutely i'm curious to see how the media will kind of look at matt stafford um obviously the nfc and the afc are in very different states of of their conferences right but You know, if the Rams end up getting the one seed, if they're kind of resurging and, you know, he's had like this elbow injury that no one really knows about. But if Stafford comes out, leads the Rams to like the one seed in the NFC, I'm curious how much pull that would have versus an AFC team. Um, All right, so I'll give my pick next for Defensive Player of the Year. We'll move on um, to that pick. Is that the one that was next, or is it Offensive Player of the Year? Defensive. Okay, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, so, again, I think the Chargers definitely have some candidates for this regard. Um, you know, I, I think Joey Bosa could certainly end up winning this award. I think Khalil Mack, if he is able to be kind of classic version of Khalil Mack, like he said. Um, both of those guys will end up being in the conversation. We'll see about Derwin if he is able to uh, potentially play at that level. But I'm actually going to go with Joey's younger brother, Nick Bosa. I think his season last year was not talked about enough, um, coming off of an ACL surgery. And that's typically something that we see guys kind of take a little bit of time, usually about a full season until they're back. So, uh, into kind of their previous form, you know, we're looking at like, uh, Cortland Sutton is is an example that people kind of are familiar with here. Um, and (laughs) when you look at the numbers though, it's kind of crazy where Nick Bosa ended up at, despite coming off of an ACL there, he was sixth. In ESPN's pass rush win rate, he was six on pro football focuses as well. He was 4th in total pressures with 75 and 4th in sacks in 16. Um, and, like, nobody talks about him. You know, everybody, when asked about, like, best edge rusher in the league, it's always Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. And I think Nick Bosa, another year being healthy, is really going to uh, tear this league apart. And so Nick Bosa is my pick for defensive player of the year.
3: Yeah, that's that's a really good pick there. I guess I'm I'm assuming then you're assuming that Nick Bosa is having a better season than Joey,
1: or do you just think that's the way people would vote? I think that Nick does. I think Nick is a better player, and I think he will have a better season. I also think that if Khalil and Joey are both playing at their peaks, that they will take votes away from mm. the other, and gotcha. you know, because I feel like people who would vote for a Chargers defensive player of the year would not vote for, you know it's either or it's not both. So um, I just, I think Nick Bosa should be in the conversation more often with best edge rusher in the league. Um, And I get He wasn't healthy in 2020, but um, coming back from an ACL injury and doing what he did last year is crazy good. And I think he takes it to another step this year. Yeah, that's a good call.
3: Uh, I don't know who's next. So I guess I'll just jump in as much as I hate taking the standard answers at this point, if I'm predicting who am I not putting money on, because I would probably take a better bet, you know, to try to win some more money, but, until it doesn't work it's Aaron Donald for me you look at the guy who's had 85 pressures and 15 sacks for like five years in a row and there might be some legit voter fatigue there as well you know like oh Aaron Donald again there's another 90 pressures and and 20 sacks or whatever um he's just so darn impressive and even with as good as Nick Bosa's numbers were Aaron Donald was doing this you know had better numbers you know second in pressures in the entire league 15 sacks um again voter fatigue maybe we could be in there but i just think until it doesn't work he's kind of the guy i would always vote for or predict to be defensive player of the year
2: yeah um aaron donald can be a shoe-in answer every year um and i i feel like honestly there's less voter fatigue with him than there would be with rogers for example um sure partially because Rodgers is an asshole sometimes (laughs) um but i mean just in terms of like how they are as you know uh, i feel like aaron donald's impact on defense just there's honestly no other player that comes close to where he is um versus obviously all the quarterbacks have the same level of impact so i do think that uh, aaron donald's a solid choice i'm gonna go with a guy um, who was in his rookie season last year and, you know, could have mm-hmm. honestly gotten some defensive uh, yeah. player of the year attention. I'm going to go with Michael Parsons. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't like giving awards to Cowboys uh, in general, <laughs> but I mean just everything that he is going to have to do for that defense uh, in terms of being its most valuable player, um, whether it's, you know, in coverage on the edge Um, I just think he's going to have the opportunity to rack up a lot of stats, uh, which are obviously important. I think he's going to, the way that he finished last year, particularly that last month of the season, was just honestly one of the best defensive, you know, stretches that I've seen from honestly any player. And, you know, they gave it to uh, TJ Watt last year. Obviously, Mm Micah was in his rookie year, and TJ had the better year anyway. But we were talking about Micah going into his second year, Um, I, you know, there's always that Cowboys media bias too. Mm -hmm, Uh, and so when it comes to that kind of stuff, I do think Mike is going to have the most attention on him. The most, you know, uh, attempts to kind of, you know, make big plays, uh, that people notice and get all that attention. So, uh, I kind of go with Micah there. Um, obviously I think Aaron Donald's a great choice. So is TJ Watt. So is Miles Garrett. So is Nick Bosa, who I think is actually fifth to Micah Parsons, fourth on the odds list that I'm looking at hmm. right now, uh, followed by Chase Young and then Joey Bosa. But uh, I, I think my case. Chase Young is ahead of Joey? Uh, they're tied at plus 2000. What on earth? Is he not even playing? For the yeah, of the I, I, I don't. Maybe this hasn't been updated since um, yeah. the news of them putting him on the pup list. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I just like Michael Parsons a lot as a bet.
1: Yeah, as a bet, absolutely. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of happens with his pressure rate, because last year was like historically high. And, you know, I, I, he's a great player. But if that comes down at all and he's still doing the hybrid thing, you know, I'm curious to see kind of what happens there. Um, all right, let's move on to Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, Tyler, we'll start with you on this one. Who you got? Uh, God help me!
3: Uh, Offensive Player of the Year. So obviously, I voted you know Justin Herbert for MVP, so I won't put him there. I'm just gonna go non-quarterback here, just that I, I don't want to put a quarterback here, even though they might win it. I'm gonna go DeMar Chase. I think that. Damn it! That's what yeah. I was gonna say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, uh, you can pick the same person, right? Yeah, you can pick the same person. That is okay. Yeah, right? I know. I just think what he did as soon as he stepped onto the field or whatever it took. It was incredible last year he was the best receiver in the draft you know he did win offensive rookie of the year last year right yeah he did yeah. uh i just think the natural progression is him winning offensive player of the year he's just a special talent in a very, very 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 good situation that will keep his floor very very high and he's already got a high ceiling so i think jamar chase if i'm not picking any quarterbacks
2: uh, offensive player of the year
3: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, I think Jamar Chase is a really solid pick, too, which is why he's my pick uh, to win Offensive Player of the Year as well. Just everything that he's going to have to do for that Bengals offense, um, I I think he kind of goes up stats-wise from where he was last year, uh, you know, building that connection with Joe Burrow further and everything. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that Jamar Chase has a great chance to win Offensive Player of the Year, but it also depends on how they give it out because sometimes Offensive Player of the Year is just the second best quarterback award um, sure. as it has been in, in previous years. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go that way, too. So if I have Lamar winning MVP, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. If you have Josh Allen winning MVP, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, Lamar or Herbert, right? Um, so I would go with Chase there if I'm just picking best non-quarterback.
1: Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Teresa pointing out Jonathan Taylor also very fair. Um, My thing with Jonathan Taylor is like how much longer can he keep up this kind of workload? Like he's he's been extremely durable so far, Um, and you know we can kind of maybe assume a little bit more of uh, some injuries this year. Uh, So I am going with another receiver. I think that's kind of where the league Mm -hmm. is trending at this point. Where you know MVP is going to be quarterback. Defensive player of the year, probably always going to be a pass rusher, an offensive player of the year, largely going to be a wide receiver unless you have like a historically great running back season. Uh, I am going with Jamar Chase's former college teammate, Justin Jefferson. Um, To me, he's kind of like that next guy. And, you know, if, if we're not talking about a historically great Justin Herbert and a historically great Cooper Cup, you know, I think everybody really is talking more about Justin Jefferson uh, over, you know, what he's done over the last two years. And he's not in as much of a a great situation as Jamar Chase doesn't obviously have the quarterback, but, you know, they're going to get him in kind of the Cooper cup role with Kevin O'Connell and that, a lot of that Rams staff. And, you know, he played in the slot in college, so he's very familiar with that. And, you know, I think, you know, he's gone, he's increased his yards, his touchdowns every single year. I think he'll do that again this year. Um, And I think we could realistically see him get close to 2,000 yards receiving 18 touchdowns. I think it is within the realm of possibility for Justin Jefferson as they kind of make this transition to uh, that Rams offense. So what you're saying is I have a
3: chance at winning more than two games this year in fantasy football.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What I'll tell you is that I had the fourth pick in fantasy football, two redrafts leagues, and I took Justin Jefferson in both of them. Because I feel so strongly about Jefferson really just lighting the league up this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I absolutely
3: could see that. And at this point, I expected it. it's a top three guy. Justin Jefferson would have been in my top three if I had to make a little bit of a list. It really just comes down to who the quarterback is. And I think Burrow will kind of make it more interesting. They'll probably get into the playoffs. They'll probably win more games. Um, I don't that wins are a wide receiver stat by any means. <laughs> but I just think that people like Chase. Like Chase is the new thing. And there's no receiver in this upcoming class that is going to
1: do anything like that. Um, So, uh, yeah, but either one's good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll move on to coach of the year here. Uh, Alex, we'll go back to you first. Who you
2: got? Yeah, a lot of different ways you could go about coach of the year because sometimes it's just the coach of the best team. Um, Sometimes they are give it to the Harbaugh-Belichick or Tomlin, like, you know, that kind of year. Or they give it to the best new coach. Um, And I feel like that is what has been happening recently. Uh, And I'm going to go, because of where the floor and ceiling for this team are, I'm going to go with (laughs) Doug Peterson. Um, I think that (laughs) it's kind of a simple pick. Yeah, Eagles legend Doug Peterson, of course. But uh, yeah, I mean, all you have to do is not kick people. And you <laughs> I literally that, was going to say the same thing. <laughs> it, all you got to do is not do that and not be a disaster and not abandon your team in a city. And like, <laughs> you could probably win coach of the year. Um, listen, if Trevor Lawrence takes that second year jump and Jacksonville is a seven, eight win team or like six to eight win team, I think you can make the case for it. Um, and so for me, considering the position Jacksonville was in previously uh, and what it, you know, can be kind of with everyone they added. Yeah, they overpaid. But still, I think that's a team that on paper looks a lot better roster wise. And, you know, they obviously have a much better coach than they did last year. So for me, considering, you know, I mean, you could go Brian Dable here with the Giants, uh, Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins. But for me, I think Doug Peterson has kind of the most experience and also the best chance to uh, have success relative to what the expectations are for the Jags.
3: Yep. 100% agree. That's exactly who I put. You made the exact same. Wow. Point. You guys you know, are very in sync today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do I think he'll have the best team? Do I think he'll win the AFC South? No. But like Alex said, the the bar is so low. <laughs> like it, it's a perfect combination. You're replacing Urban Meyer. Okay. Piece of cake. You didn't win many games last year. So you just have to win, you know, five more. And Hey, that's a big jump. Right. And then you get to work with Trevor Lawrence and if the quarterback improves and looks good, you can really check a lot of boxes there. And so I think, you know, Doug Peterson and, and working with Mike McCoy as the quarterback coach for Trevor Lawrence, I, I think oh he my has. Gosh, a... I forgot he was on that staff. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. So I think that it's a it's not a it's a good pick for
1: sure, I think. And then also it's a
3: pretty decent betting pick, I think.
1: Yeah, I. um. I've thought about going with one of the the new coaches, you know, Kevin Kevin O'Connell, excuse me, not McConnell. Kevin O'Connell was kind of, um, you know, who I I first envisioned, you know, the Vikings are going to make my NFC list, spoiler alert, Um, you know, Brandon Staley, I feel like is certainly a good candidate, but I feel like the media is so split on Brandon Staley at this point that I would, I would almost have a hard time envisioning them choosing him unless the chargers were like definitively the one seed. Um, so I'm going with not necessarily an old head, I, like Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, always candidates, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was pretty surprised to find out that Matt LaFleur has never won coach of the year, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of that obviously has been like, well, Aaron Rodgers is winning these MVP awards, Devontae Adams is doing all this stuff, defense has kind of been an issue, special teams kind of been an issue. So I think there's just like this Aaron Rodgers bias cooked into how people see Matt LaFleur, but I think they've made a lot of adjustments on defense. I think Rich Basaccia coming over as special teams coordinator should help a lot there. Um, and I think he'll kind of turn that Packers offense into really what he wants even more without Devontae Adams. And I think, you know, working with Aaron Rodgers, and like Alex said, he's kind of an asshole at this point. Um, so I think he ultimately guides the Packers to the one seed and finally wins coach of the year uh, in 2022. Yeah, not a bad one. Went the opposite direction with the the good team. Nice. Yeah, yeah, a good team. Um, all right, we'll go to offensive rookie of the year, uh, Tyler. We'll start with you on this one.
3: Ooh. Okay. So a lot of the players that I liked in this draft uh, went to terrible, terrible places. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> so it's very hard to really pick because you know whoever wins this might not even been you know the fourth or fifth best receiver or running back in the class. It's just like. They went to the better situation. And I think, and, you know, I did like this guy anyway. I'm going Traylon Burks, which is definitely, like, he was not my wide receiver one in the end. I think he was wide receiver three for me. Um, But I do think he went to a situation where the quarterback is competent, and I know that they'll pass for some yards and some touchdowns. And, you know, I think his role, maybe he won't be a dominant wide receiver, you know, in terms of route running and whatnot, but I think his role in yak And what you can do with him is so exciting and it translates or should translate pretty easily. And even with Mike Williams last year, not that they're quite the same player, you can get him involved in a jump ball situation or a yak shallow crosser situation. And you can put up stats that way as he refines his craft. So I think Burks working with Tannehill, um, again, not my wide receiver one, you know, entering the draft, but he went to a pretty decent spot um, compared to the rest of these guys. I'm going with him.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fine pick. You know, you liked him in the draft and he's certainly going to be getting a lot of playing time. I think, you know, ultimately this this award and it, more so than any other award is obviously an opportunity award. And so it's really hard to kind of siphon through like, OK, who's going to be, you know, a top tier option as a receiver? Who's going to be like a legitimate, you know, um, RB1 for their team like Brees Hall in a 50-50 committee? I really like Brees Hall. He's my RB1. I'm not picking him here because I think he's splitting carries, right? You know, Drake London was my wide receiver one. I love his talent. I don't love his situation with Marcus Mariota. Kyle Pitts soaking up a lot of picks. Um, Chris Olave, I considered him for sure. But again, you know, he's splitting a lot of touches. The unquestioned RB1 wide receiver one on any of these teams is Damian Pierce. And I loved his talent. And you know that Lovey Smith, a defensive coach, is going to want to run the shit out of the ball to keep uh, Davis Mills protected. And so I think Damian Pierce is, is easily going to cross 1,000 yards. I think he's going to get 200-plus carries this year as the Texans just try and be as uh, slow and old-school as possible to protect Davis Mills. So from sheer opportunities, I am going with uh, the guy that I really went to bat for in the draft, Damian Pierce
2: um both good picks I mean I think Damian uh just in terms of opportunity has probably the best odds of the three guys that we're gonna say here I went with another receiver um a little bit off the board but I went with George Pickens um and I think that I mean the argument for him is obviously he's kind of like taking the league by storm and like training camp and preseason (laughs) obviously that's not like you know, the end, end all be all. But I really do believe in his talent. Kenny Pickett is going to have to rely on him a lot. Um, I mean, yeah, there's Deontay Johnson there, um, Najee Harris. But I still think in terms of, you know, a quarterback getting to know his receiver, I think those two are kind of going to hit it off chemistry-wise. Now, the, the argument against him, right, is obviously you have Kenny Pickett there and you have George Pickens. But I don't think of Kenny Pickett as like, a dominant like you know uh Justin Herbert like esque Roy candidate sort of like I think of him as a bit more probably a game manager uh a bit this year uh especially with how the Steelers kind of run things so I think that kind of is going to open more of an opportunity for Pickens to get that vote as opposed to uh you know some of the other wide receivers who obviously Jameson Williams and his situation uh and Alave is a good pick, but it's also like Michael Thomas is coming back. We don't know if Michael Thomas is healthy, but if if he's there, then I don't think any other wide receiver is capable of winning an award, given how the Saints run that offense. So I went with George Vickens. Yeah, no, I
1: totally get that in terms of somebody who's got a big opportunity. You know, we'll see what happens with that quarterback uh, battle. I feel like Mitch Trubisky is going to get at least a chance to start there
2: um if Trubisky gets a chance to start there then I get a chance to change my pick <laughs> <laughs> but I still do think it'll be picking or picket to start the year
1: <laughs> fair fair I the one who was like really hard for me to like I don't want to say like outcast but the one that I couldn't get out of my mind for this award was Sky Moore mm-hmm. um you know being in that Chiefs offense I think he's got such a high ceiling but there's a lot of like Juju love there. And and of course, Kelsey's going to be soaking up a ton of targets. So I think Skymore could be a, a certain dark horse there. But I think he's just in a, at a pretty crowded situation.
3: Yeah, that's really what it came down to. And even Watson, Christian Watson with the Packers, like, oh, that would be, you know, potentially an unquestioned wide receiver one. But it's really not. It's kind of muddied. And maybe after four games, it's like, oh, OK, Watson or Skymore. These guys are getting 10 targets a game. Whoops. But we really can't tell that at this point. So I'm not surprised we didn't go more Watson here. Um,
1: but I have to wait and see with those guys. You yeah, know, I think Watson is still battling an injury. An injury? Oh, too. is he? So I think he's dealing with a hamstring injury or something. He's like barely practiced. You know, that's why Romeo Dobbs has such a uh, fantasy football following right now, is because he's mm-hmm. been basically the guy there outside of Sammy Watkins. Yeah. All right, our final category here: defensive rookie of the year. My heart really, really, really wants to say Devin Lloyd in this situation. <laughs> um, I think you know they want to do a lot of like pass rushing hybrid stuff with him, um, which is why they supposedly drafted um the Wyoming linebacker. Right. I'm totally uh thank you. I'm blanking was blanking on his name there for a second. Um, obviously they paid Foyisade Aluakan a lot of money as well, so they kind of envision Devin as kind of this hybrid player. I don't think love that in terms of you know winning defensive rookie of the year or frankly for his ability overall but we'll see what happens there um so i'm gonna go with quay walker um a guy who i think is gonna make a big time difference immediate impact on a legitimate contending team get a lot of tackles playing next to devondre campbell and be able to start right away again one of the few like surefire starters that's going to put up a lot of numbers so uh Quay Walker was my pick here for Defensive Rookie of the Year.
3: Interesting. I definitely would not have guessed you'd go with that player. I know you really liked him come out of the draft, and he definitely is a good player. They seem really excited about him. So that's yeah um, definitely the interesting pick. Uh, and my theme of the day is going with non-interesting picks. Uh, so Aiden Hutchinson, the uh <laughs> that's best fair, player yeah. in the draft. <laughs> I mean, he's the best player in the draft. I think people will just like his story as well. It's something you want to vote for. And, you know, Detroit becomes a half decent team and wins some games and he looks great, you know, and Dan Campbell and restore the roar and all that sort of stuff. Um, And and he is a pass rusher. Like there will in theory be those numbers. It really feels like he's the guy uh, to win it this year. So I'm going with him.
2: Yeah. um, I'm also going with Aiden Hutchinson. So I think me and Tyler are very in sync today. Um, Just, I mean, There are other candidates. Obviously, you could go with Kayvon Thibodeau. I think Kayvon Thibodeau just from the jump is gonna have like a little bit more of a growing pain. And then outside of that, it's like you go Quay Walker, you could go for another one of the edge rushers, um, a cornerback probably is a tough sell to like win rookie of the year unless you know Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley just get a lot of picks. So for me it's very simple just Aiden Hutchinson is going to have probably the most sacks out of anybody in this rookie class. And I think he'll obviously kind of get the most media attention as well. Hard Knocks helps with some of that stuff as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I went with Aiden Hutchinson here.
1: Yeah, I went and looked at uh, the winners of this, these two awards, particularly for rookies, right, since 2000. Um, any guesses on... So there were two cornerbacks to win defensive rookie of the year since since 2000 any guesses on those two players Revis,
2: Revis, Ramsey mm. no
3: mm.
1: no no mm. no since 2000 see this since is 2000 mm. only two corners since 2000 both of them are kind of recently I should say
2: both of them recent uh draw a blank
1: uh, first one, Marshawn Lattimore.
2: Oh, okay.
1: And okay. I guess that would be the second one. But first one, I guess, uh, Marcus Peters for the Chiefs.
2: Oh. When
1: he had like <laughs> seven interceptions that year. Right. So okay. those are the only two defensive backs. Everybody else has been a pass rusher, a linebacker, or a defensive yeah. tackle.
2: Yeah, you know, you know, it's really hard just, I think, to win that award um, that way, unless you get a lot of receptions, which is possible with Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley. Um, yeah. Just don't see it, even if they do, being enough to surpass a 10-plus sack kind of season for A.M. Hutchinson. Right. Yeah. I, I think for me, it just came down to
1: like being a part of a winning team and, and you're putting up numbers at the same time. So uh, that's why I went with Kway Walker. All right, let's get to some of our uh, playoff picture. Do we want to start with the NFC or the AFC? AFC. All right, let's start with the AFC. Um, Tyler, we'll start with you. Uh, we'll do four, our four division winners and then uh, the wild card teams. So walk us through your thought process here and who you have as the four division winners in the AFC. Okay, AFC feels a bit like
3: a shoe-in at this point. Um, so I'm going with the Bills with the one seed. I've flip-flopped between this one, but I've convinced myself at this point that the second seed is actually going to go to the Chargers, the AFC West. Again, I'm trapping myself here for, you know, you should prove it first. You should show it first. But I've always felt the Chargers were the better team on paper. Um, But it really feels like that this year. And the Chiefs are going through some turnover of their own. So I think that – I just think the Chargers, it's it's their time. Um, So them, so the Chiefs do not win the AFC West, thank goodness. This was a tough one for me. I went one of the AFC North teams. It was between the Bengals and the Ravens for me. I just kind of think the Bengals have done enough this offseason. It's a bit of a surprise because I poo-pooed on them last year. Um, (laughs) I didn't realize that their defense would have carried them throughout the entire postseason. Definitely didn't expect that. So I'm going Bengals there. Um, AFC South, I almost don't care, but I'm going to go with the Colts. And then five through seven.
1: Oh, sorry. Do you want to go there or no? No, we'll wait and we'll okay. each do the uh, division winners first. So, um, all right. Uh, Alex, you wanted to give your four division winners in the AFC?
2: Yeah. Um, I'll start with the one seed, and I kind of previewed it earlier, but I do have the Ravens um, as the one seed. I have them winning the North. Um, just. Again, feel there do sort of her bounce back year, positive injury regression, all those sort of things. Obviously, very good coaching there um, in terms of John Harbaugh. And I think Lamar is going to, you know, go back to that 2019, 2020 type of form. So, all of those factors combined, I, I just have the Ravens there. My two seed, I do have the Buffalo Bills. Um, as Tyler said, like, yeah, maybe you could like talk yourself into the Dolphins or Patriots being a wild card team. But I, I just don't see either of those teams, if the Bills are healthy, having enough to really compete with them. Um, oh, OK. Get the dislike button ready. I still have the Chiefs winning the AFC West. Um, <laughs> so you can uh, thumbs down in the comments below. But uh, yeah, I, I still have to see it from the Chargers. Would love to pick the Chargers to be the, the two seed or be the AFC West winner. But until you beat Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes once or twice, um, I I still kind of have to go with the Chiefs as the favorite there, even though I do think the Chargers are the better team. And I went with the Colts as the four seed. A lot of different directions, I guess, the AFC South could go. I could see, in theory, the Titans winning it um, Mm -hmm. if they kind of bounce back Uh, aside from that maybe there's like a slim Jaguars chance, but it's probably either going to come down to the Colts the Titans in that division.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, chiefs over chargers, I think is, is a fine take. I, I totally understand it. You know, that team, that organization is still way too smart to me. Um, it just came down to their schedule, man. They have the hardest schedule in the league. If you're using like predictive schedule, strength of schedule, as opposed to like based off of last season, you know, and they're, they're opening 7 games I think it is is brutal. You're talking about at Arizona Thursday night against the Chargers, at the Colts, at the Buccaneers, home against the Raiders, home against the Bills, at the Niners to open the season and it's a season in which you're like replacing all of these starters and you know they started last year and we were not able to capitalize on that. Other teams were not able to capitalize on that, but I I do think that changes this year um so i (laughs) sticking with the theme here i'm going with the colts at four as well i'll start there and we'll we'll keep it a little more interesting um the colts on paper should have been a playoff team last year they were 12th in weighted dvoa on offense and seventh in weighted dvoa on defense it really was just like a bizarre meltdown at the end of the season thanks to carson wentz and a lot of other things too there was covid games mixing there uh, for them as well. But I think Matt Ryan coming in and just kind of stabilizing that room, that position will do them very well. You know, I'm, I'm, a, like I said, a little concerned about Jonathan Taylor potentially getting injured this year. But I think the Colts are just too well-rounded of a team. And I think yeah. they ultimately do make the playoffs and win the division this year. Um, at number three, I do have the Chargers winning the AFC West. I have them at three. Um, again, I, I would love for them to be higher on this list. I would love to be more confident in winning the division, but I do think the difference in schedule does you know, kind of play uh, a part there for them. At number two, I have the Ravens. Alex mentioned this earlier, the team that uh, had the most losses adjusted to injury in Football Outsiders history, which I think mm-hmm. is only like 12 years, but still. No team that Football Outsiders has ever tracked has been as injured as the Baltimore Ravens. I love what they did in the draft. I love what they got in Marcus Williams and things like that. I think they win like 13 games pretty easily. And I think they have the two the two seed and then one seed. I do have the Buffalo Bills. To me, best team on paper. I think they really needed a closer on defense. Got that in Von Miller. Love the Kyrie Elam pick there. Love Khalil Shakir, James Cook. That offense just kind of adding another dimension. Uh, And I think they're just like, they know they have to get the one seed to kind of get over the hump because I don't think you want to go play in Kansas City, in LA, whatever. I think you want teams coming to your house uh, and the Bills more motivated than others uh, in this conference to get the one seed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had a good offseason. I don't see why they shouldn't be projected to
3: be the favorites in the, well, I guess sorry, Alex. I just I just think that they should be the projected one seed.
1: Um they're just they're just very well rounded. No, they are well-rounded, and, and I think the Ravens, like I said, love what they have done as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we'll switch up the order a little bit. Alex, we'll start with you wild card teams. Who are your three wild card
2: teams? Okay. Uh put the dislike button down. I have the chargers as the fifth seed. Uh <laughs> is that okay? I don't know, but yeah, i'm to me, the Chargers, I mean, obviously are going to be in contention for the division, and I think, you look at the team they have, um, they're obviously just a playoff team in that field. Uh, I also have the Bengals making it. Um, you know, you could either go Bengals or Ravens kind of winning the division. And Steelers, kind of an outside chance, too, um, but yeah, I obviously after have to have the Bengals making the playoffs. 7th seed is where things got really interesting for me <laughs> after that, yeah. and because I want to go like the Titans, but then the Titans are weird and they just lost Harold Landry. Um, obviously traded AJ Brown and are trying to kind of like seamlessly fit Traylon Brooks in there. Maybe if Traylon Brooks wins offensive rookie of the year, like Tyler says, but that's not as much of a problem, but I still think they're due for a little bit of regression. Derek Henry getting a little bit older, you know, coming back from um, the injury last year. Um, I went with a team that honestly, tried to make the playoffs last year with a dead man at quarterback. And that's the Steelers. Um, (laughs) I mean, they were, uh, you know, still week 18 scenarios with the zombified corpse of Ben Roethlisberger throwing the football. Uh, Mike Tomlin obviously runs a really tight ship uh, over there. They don't have losing seasons. And I I just think that AFC North, you know, you can make the argument that three teams from the AFC West make it. You make the argument that three teams from the North make it. Um, I just sort of lean towards the AFC West teams beating up on each other a little bit more. Um, And I think the Steelers are obviously always very well coached. um, And we don't really know what the Broncos uh, and the Raiders are kind of going to be in that way. So uh, I went with the Steelers and, uh, Kenny Pickett and George Pickens making the playoffs uh, over some <laughs> of the other choices. I just think they're due to kind of be back in the playoff hunt, um, and they were almost in it last year, even when they shouldn't have been. Yeah, I, I really like that. Pick. It.
1: They did make the playoffs last year. Yeah, wait,
2: they, they got did? by the. Yes, by
3: the because. That
2: was oh my God! I forgot they were in the playoffs because they got blown <laughs> out by the Chiefs. Yeah. Oh, geez. we let
1: them in yes oh, yeah we, we did if, oh, if the Chargers and raiders had tied the Steelers would not have made it so wow yeah.
2: mm-hmm. okay well i mean that bolsters my argument more because they were already in the playoffs last year <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> losing i assume 58 to nothing to the chiefs so um yeah yeah not a bad one mike tomlin a pretty safe bet there
3: all right tyler let's uh let's hear your wildcard teams next Okay, that's not me over here. uh, Then no surprise I do have the Chiefs, then the Ravens, and then I'm going to go with the Titans to wrap things up pretty quickly here. Chiefs, Ravens, kind of a flip-flop. I just think you know Ravens could win the division to be third, whatever. Chiefs could win the division to be second, whatever. It really just came down to that seventh team, and I, I guess it's the Titans. I don't really know who else to like, do I really believe in the Steelers all that much? Eh, but there's that Mike Tomlin effect. But then I think the Titans are kind of a safe ish bet to maybe make it in and their division's really not that great like they could actually win their division as well um and i wouldn't be surprised so i'm gonna put the titans at seventh because i feel slightly better about their situation uh, especially in the afc south
1: yeah absolutely so i do agree i have the chiefs at five as well oops there we go make sure i spelled chiefs right um you know obviously a really interesting defensive conversation there um, with all the young guys, I think ultimately you probably feel better about their future, their short-term. With all of these young guys, probably you don't feel so great about it. Um, they were 13th in weighted DVA last year on defense. Um, I think that probably comes down. And again, I feel like that does contribute to kind of their, their slow start a little bit. Um, offense, I, I feel like should be fine. Should probably still end up being a top-five unit. Um, at six, I do have the Bengals. Um, very curious again, just kind of how everything plays out there because they were, on paper, not a playoff team last year. If you're talking about like DVA, they were they were 12th on offense, which is good. Um, they were actually 24th on defense in weighted DVA uh, throughout the regular season, <laughs> and then you the, the, you kind of flip the script there in uh, in the playoffs where offense was bad, defense was like historically good. Mm -hmm. um they were rarely impacted by injury there were a few nixon bruises here and there um you know so what happens if jamar chase you know misses a few games with a hamstring what happens if jonah williams at left tackle misses a few games with uh, a hip injury or something like that so um i don't think they'll be as healthy as they will be this year i don't think they will have as easy of a schedule as they do this year they'll have uh, the seventh Mm -hmm. hardest schedule in the league, uh, it, again, if you're using kind of a predictive model based off of uh, betting predictions there. But I do think their offense will improve, again, another year in the system, another year with all of those guys. Um, and seven, again, so hard to predict this team. Um, Raiders, Broncos, I feel like are, could certainly make, in, make it interesting there. The Dolphins with their uh, yak group of receivers could certainly make it interesting. I, I just trust the Titans more at this mm-hmm. point than any of those other teams i feel like there's less turnover you're not dealing with like a young coach you're not dealing with um injuries you're not dealing with a lot of turnover so i feel like the continuity in tennessee is just going to win the day and they were the one seed last year and like nobody talks about it <laughs> and that was yeah. with aj brown playing only 12 games julio jones was their wide receiver too. played like three games um you know ryan tanhill missed a game or two so Again, a lot of games lost to injury on that team, and they're still the one seed. So I think that kind of talks to you about how good of a coach Mike Rabel is. So uh, they're my pick Mm -hmm. in the uh, seven spot. Yeah, I get you. Not bad. All right. All right, let's uh, AFC Championship game picks. um, I'll start us off here. Like I said, I'm a big believer in the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. So I am going to pick the Bills over the Ravens in the AFC championship game uh, going chalk in terms of my playoff seating. But I just believe in what those teams have done this offseason, the quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, I do think the Buffalo, Josh Allen do ultimately get over the hump and win the AFC this year.
3: Yep. I'm halfway there with you. I have the Bills over the Chargers. I think the Chargers actually make it to the AFC championship. But I don't think they – there's no chance I could put them, put them to make it to the Super Bowl just yet. You got to show me.
2: Yeah, um, I actually am in sync with Tyler again. I picked the ball <laughs> over the Chargers. Um, yeah, uh, I don't, I, you know, you we could talk about like, I just think the Chargers are one of those teams that even if they don't win the division, they can get hot. Certainly in sure. the playoffs, um, have a lot of playoff ready players, which is something Staley's talked about in terms of um, JC Jackson and Kyle Van Noy and, you know, just guys that know what to win, Sebastian Joseph Day, et cetera. Um, so I got the Chargers, even though I don't have them winning the division getting to the AFC Championship game. But I, I do think it's pretty unanimous for the Bills, obviously. Here, <laughs> yeah, Teresa points out this Alex Tyler love affair
1: getting a little spicy tonight. Yeah. Why
2: is it spicy?
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, three for three on the Bills, man. That, that's a little surprising, but you know, they're such a good team, and uh, I think we all believe in that quarterback and that mm-hmm. ecosystem that they have going up there. so Um, I do think the Chargers will win a playoff game. I will say that. Um, Definitely not down on the Chargers by any means. Um, But Bills over Ravens, to me, uh, is pretty easy. So, um, all right, I'll start us off with the NFC. Um, Much easier to predict the top. I feel like it's it's pretty much going to be the same. I have Packers as the one seed. I have the Bucks as the two seed. A little bit more difficult to predict the order of three and four, but I do have Alex's Eagles as the three seed. Um, and then I have the Rams kind of regressing a little bit as the four seed. So um big believer in what, obviously what the Packers are doing. They were second in offensive way to DBA last year, 22nd on defense. So, um, you know, you go out and you get Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, you sign Jaron Reed. Um, you're kind of pivoting to like this run first offense, defensive team. So I like what they're doing there. The Bucks, I think, they're just too talented. They have too much talent across the board. Even with the interior offensive line injuries, um, you know, adding Shaq Mason, Luke Kuechly, I think is is fine. You feel good about that interior, and then on defense, like they're just going to be fantastic. Um, obviously, the Eagles is is the big surprise, but I, I don't believe in Dallas. I, I frankly don't. Um, you know, they got significantly worse this off season. Um, and the Eagles did everything you possibly could have, except for trade for a star quarterback to improve your roster. So, um, big believer in the Eagles, and then the Rams. Just this kind of weird vibes. I don't think that they have great depth across the board. They haven't really ever had great depth across the board. But at some point, that has to matter. And I do think it's just so hard to, you know, win a Super Bowl, do all of that thing, all of that stuff, and then come back and like be a one seed. So. I think the Rams obviously still win their division, but I think they will kind of take a, a, a slight step back this year.
3: Yeah, I could definitely see that. The whole NFC West is a kind of weird one to predict. Um, Alex, you want to go next?
2: Sure. Um, okay. I have the... Do I have the same teams? I think I do. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, no one else is winning that division except for the Packers. Um, <laughs> same thing every year. Uh, don't have to do anything but against it. Oh, actually, well, that's wrong. I had the Rams as the one seed, but I do have the Packers as the two seed uh, coming into this. So, and then mm, you could flip-flop the order of these teams. I think the Bucks take a bit of a step back this year. So I actually have them as the four seed, um, obviously just kind of going through a lot of injuries. Um, you know, uh, I don't know how invested Tom Brady is, uh, you know, with his sure. current situation right yeah. now um so i do kind of have the bucks as the four seed um could go either way with three and four for me but i do kind of think the packers and rams are the class of the nfc if you will um for up up until july i still kind of believed it was cowboys as nfc east winner and then eagles as wild card team um the the cowboys are going to be starting a uh, 95 year old jason peters um in place of <laughs> Tyron Smith though and that's going to be a problem so uh I do think that the Eagles ultimately you know have gotten better kind of like Steven said uh and I I think they're kind of a safe pick over the Cowboys now um obviously I still think it's gonna be pretty close between those two teams I do still have the Cowboys making the playoffs but um I I think Mm -hmm. the Eagles are, are probably just better at this point yeah I'm still surprised to see you guys put the eagles in the third seed.
3: is
1: it just because the nfc east uh did you see what i tweeted out yesterday is the strength of schedule as well yeah they had the easiest they have the easiest schedule in the league
3: so yeah by and they have the best (laughs) in the league yeah yeah (laughs) okay i get that all right uh not a whole lot different for me here we actually all have the same four teams it really isn't much of a surprise it's just the order um i'm a big Rashad white guy so bucks go there Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and then i do have the packers i'm gonna go with the rams and then the eagles i definitely have the eagles as the i mean clear division winner um but i I still would have them fourth i just i don't
1: know how many games they're really going to win yeah absolutely um eagles definitely could surprise some people i mean this to me this is like the best team that they've had in, in quite some time at least on paper so um love what they've done in the trenches i I think Mm -hmm. it's just gonna be so hard to prepare for them on a week-to-week basis they finally figured out that it's better to run the ball first and foremost with jalen hurts as opposed to dropping him back and and asking him to pass the (laughs) ball 45 times so um i do think the eagles will they're they're gonna be so difficult to prepare for on a week-to-week basis and they have the easiest schedule in the league Mm -hmm. so Uh, I'll give my wild card picks um, next uh, just so much harder in the NFC to like feel good about these teams. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do have the Minnesota Vikings as the five seed. Um, I have the Cowboys as the six seed. I don't feel great. I feel like they're probably going to win like nine games, eight games. And then I have the saints as the seven seed. So I, I feel like you could realistically see like the same seven teams that were in last year, and just put them back into the playoffs this year. Um, obviously I have the Cardinals and the 49ers missing the playoffs this year, but you know, I, I just don't feel great about the quarterback situation in San Francisco. I would have felt much better about it if they had just traded Jimmy G, but now there's like that mm-hmm. whole weird dynamic that's happening. Um, their offensive line outside of Trent Williams is apparently quite a disaster. Um, so even though I feel like Nick Bosa is going to be fantastic this season, I'm very worried, I guess about the 49ers. The saints almost made the playoffs last year, despite getting like five starts out of Trevor Simeon in book down the stretch. Um, and I think, you know, getting James healthy, getting Michael Thomas healthy, adding Chris Olave to me, that's like a big shrug emoji at number seven. I just like felt the best about them, I guess yesterday when I was preparing this.
3: Yeah. Big shrug emoji to a lot of these guys. Um, All right, Alex, go for it.
2: Yeah, I actually feel pretty enthusiastic about the Saints. I have them in my fifth seed here. Wow. Um, Right, And, I mean, you kind of mentioned it. If they get a whole season out of Jameis, Michael Thomas, and Olave, like, I kind of think they're an automatic fifth seed. Um, You know, not that that, like, means a whole lot when we're talking about those wildcard teams, but um, I I guess there is the whole, like, coaching change thing to talk about uh, with Sean Payton retiring. But um, yeah, no, I, I just really believe in the Saints and, and kind of how they should have probably made the playoffs last year if Jameis had stayed healthy. Um, but, you know, he was playing well towards the beginning of the season. And I think they're just kind of due for a bounce back. And if you get a, another theoretical you know, career year out of Michael Thomas, um, I, I honestly think the Saints could still beat the Bucs in that division. Um, I'm not going to say that it happens, but the Saints have always kind of been the script kryptonite in those head-to-head matchups mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, so I have the Saints at number five. Number six, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah, just kind of not anyone else I feel really good about to knock the Cowboys out of the playoffs, even if I wanted to with some of the injury problems and everything else they've been having there. Um, just no one else I feel confident about taking. And yeah, seven is kind of where things like in the AFC got murky for me, but I took the Niners. Um, I am kind of just betting on the upside of Trey Lance at this point You mm-hmm. with Cardinals in this position as well. And I think it would be justified. Uh, but yeah, I just I don't want to bet against Kyle Shanahan. Um, I feel like sure. he'll just find a way to kind of figure it out with Trey Lance. And obviously, I think he'll get better you know, over the course of the season as well. Kind of one of those dark horse, you know, MVP type candidates as well, like Mahomes was when he, you know, had that kind of, um, you know, sit year and then, you know, obviously came in the second year. So if, if Trey Lance can get hot, um, I think that that's a very dangerous thing for some of the rest of the teams in the NFC as well. Uh, so came down to a couple teams. You could go with Cardinals. Um, you could go with the Vikings as well. But I just kind of went with the upside of the Niners there.
3: I am surprised because I was the least high on, tra- or on Trey Lance, but I feel like I feel the best about him in these rankings. I'm going to go with the 49ers <laughs> in the fifth seed, Then I'm going to go with the Vikings after that. And then I am going to go with the Saints. I don't know how the Cowboys making the postseason. I just think they're just kind of this zombie team of what they used to be, and everyone's kind of yeah. older. Everyone's kind of hurt. You know, the guys aren't really there anymore. So I just... I don't know, I just feel like they're eventually just going to have to collapse at some point because they've always had a couple of stars who can make it. And listen, Michael Parsons might win defensive player of the year, but I just don't think they have enough there to sustain them throughout the entire year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I totally understand the 49ers pick, and I, I guess it kind of is counterintuitive, counterintuitive of me to say uh, Nick Bosa for defensive player of the year and then not have the Niners in the playoffs. But you know, I, I just think that the offense is weird vibes this year, and, I, and Kyle Shanahan is earn the right to, you know, receive some blind trust to a certain extent, but um, they play a much different much more difficult schedule than the Cowboys do again NFC East shout out. Uh would be nice to play in that division. Um but yeah, so that's that's the NFC this year. Arjun taking some uh some dislike to our picks of having the Titans making the playoffs, so we'll see.
2: I'm with you, buddy. <laughs>
1: All right, well, let's talk about uh NFC championship game. Alex, we'll start with you. Who is your uh pick there?
2: Oh, I have to do it. Oh, I'm gonna regret it. I'm going Packers over Rams. I'm gonna regret it. Okay. Rodgers... I thought you were gonna put the Eagles in there. That's why you were doing no, the regret no, thing. No, no, no. <laughs> I just I love doing the Rogers hypothetical. He gets back to another Super Bowl and then he'll you know get punted in the divisional round or the championship game as always. Um, I don't know. I just believe in the Packers. More this year, even though that seems counterintuitive because they lost Devontae Adams, obviously. Um, but I think Rodgers is kind of going to come out, you know, with something to prove, obviously, with some of those young receivers. Uh, I don't think their defense really got worse in a way. Uh, obviously, they added some of the pieces we talked about, Quay um, Walker and stuff earlier. So I uh, just think the Packers still uh, are going to, I, you know, be there when it comes time for the playoffs. And I think Rodgers... This is finally the year he breaks through um, in that crowded NFC. Is you know probably one of the weaker NFCs. Obviously, we've been through in a while, so I just kind of went with the best quarterback out of that group. Um, and to me, with the Bucks on the decline, uh, I do kind of think that is still the Packers. Okay. I mean, at
1: some point, Aaron's got to do it, man. Like at, at, at some, some point, he's gotta he's, he's got to do it. So eh, maybe this year. All right, Tyler. Well, uh, who you got here?
3: He's not doing it this year, is he? It's going to (laughs) be the uh the oops uh, the Bucks over the Rams. Packers are going to do something really stupid. They're going to be fighting Rashad White's. Heck yeah, baby! (laughs) Invest while you still can. I just I I, obviously the Bucks are the one seed, so I believe in them slightly more than you guys. The Packers they'll probably look really really good than losing the first round. So I have Bucks over the Rams.
1: Yeah. Um, I also have the Bucks. I have them beating the Packers again, um, you know, in the obviously NFC championship game. I know that Tom Brady is not necessarily super locked in at this point. Um, you know, who knows what the heck was going on with that like vacation. I just think that the Bucks are like clearly the most talented team, most ro- most talented roster. And at some point, Tom Brady probably realizes that and uh, gets a little bit more locked in. So, I also just don't trust the Packers to beat the Bucks at this point. Like, I, I don't see any reason why anybody would do that. If you have them, if you have the Buccaneers losing to the Rams, I would understand that. Um, mm-hmm. But I do have Bucks over Packers for the NFC game. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's do uh, Super Bowl picks next. Uh, I'll kick this one off. I mentioned this earlier. I'm a big believer in the Bills. I have them winning the Super Bowl over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Josh Allen. Gets his uh, parade, I guess, if you want to call it. And uh, people start talking about him as the best quarterback in the league um, mm-hmm. because of that recency bias. So I just love what the Bills have done this year. You know, that defense, I think, is going to be so good. And they were third in way to DVOA last year. You add Von Miller into that mix. I just love what they have done over the last couple seasons.
2: I agree. Bills over bucks. I have the Bills over the Packers. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I, you know, I want to see Rodgers in the Super Bowl again. Um, I don't you think do. it's... Yeah. Um, I mean, I always love watching him and just seeing Rodgers and Allen in the Super Bowl would be crazy. That would be fun. That would be a ridiculous matchup. Like when people, you know, had like Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl predictions a couple years ago with moms and Rodgers. Um, that would be just a really fun matchup. So I'll go Bills over Packers. I guess we're all unified on the bills. So we'll all lose together with the bills that they do collapse in the playoffs. Um, so I guess we can't really lose too many points.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I didn't explain this earlier. So in terms of our, uh, Jersey bet picks, um, you get one point for having a correct choice here. Uh, you get three points for getting a seeding of, uh, of the specific team. Correct. So Obviously, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, all of us get uh, a good amount of points there. So um, we'll see how that goes. We'll do picks every single week of the season and as long as, obviously, as the Chargers are playing. So a um, couple comments in here about the Broncos. I know, Tyler, you're, you're uh, sensitive on time, so I want to be uh, respectful of that. But uh, where are you at with the Broncos this year in terms of potentially making the playoffs or not? I just don't really. Well, obviously, I don't have them making the playoffs, so there's that.
3: I just don't know if I I, I got to see it. I gotta see it and I gotta see it for half a season. I gotta see everybody stay healthy. Lord knows the Broncos will go through their litany of injuries like they've done the last couple of years. I just I don't there's something about it I just don't really buy. I don't know if I just is it a trenches thing? I don't know. I I just don't really buy it. And the Broncos, you know, could they absolutely make it? Sure. They could make it into the seventh seed or whatever, but you're not this first or second best team in your own division. Very good team. But you're just not the first, second best team in your own division, in my opinion, and just everyone's beating up each other. I just don't
2: really see them making it in. Yeah, um, I think the Broncos could make the playoffs. Uh, I just, I think Russell Wilson's on the decline, um, and that's kind of why I don't have them in now. I mean, on the decline for Russell Wilson could still mean that he's a top 15 quarterback for sure. Um, but he's been beat up the last couple of years, has had a few surgeries. Um, and is going to just need to do more on that team. Um, I mean, considering the wide receiver unit, like you have Cortland Sutton, you have Jerry Judy. Um, I, like, I still don't think it's all that proven of a group compared to, you know, having DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know. I could see them making the playoffs. First year head coach as well, as um, NFL's lip points out in the chat. Uh, so for me... A, just a couple too many red flags and obviously he's going to a division and arjun has pointed this out as well where they're going to play a lot of uh too high uh too high safeties and russell wilson has struggled with that look historically um and i think that you know this is kind of the beginning of the wilson decline if you believe wilson bounces back from last year then it's very easy to make a broncos in the playoffs uh, argument but for me i just don't see it happening
1: yeah you know in terms of the coaching staff it's It's a very odd pairing to me because Russell was obviously in Seattle last year with Shane Waldron, who was the offensive coordinator. And they got off to a rocky start because they wanted to do a lot of like the Kyle Shanahan stuff and go into center, play action and all this stuff. That's where Shane obviously came from Uh, the Rams. And Russ did not like it. Russ was very vocal about how he was not a fan of the offense there. Um, And so they decided to go back to like the let Russ Cook offense and it worked for them. I don't know if that is going to go as smoothly, if you will, Uh, this year in Denver with a first year head coach who's going to want to obviously allow Russ to be successful, but also like, you know, assert him, assert his culture, assert how he wants his vision for this team. Um, And so I just, it's a very weird pairing schematically, and I don't really have faith that it works out. So um, that's where I'm at with Denver. It's not, it's not a bias thing. I just, I don't love their roster. I think their roster is a little bit overhyped, and I think it's going to take them a while uh, to get the offense really kind of to a point that makes a lot of sense for Hackett and Wilson. And we've seen that, you know, throughout the league, right? Like Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, their first year together was not super pretty in terms of offensive DBA production and things like that. I think we see a similar struggle in Denver this year. So, all right, there's our picks. Uh, Feel free to let us know what you guys think. Um, Quick housekeeping, uh, we're, do- we're doing a new schedule this year uh, for the regular season. We'll be going live on every Sunday evening with our initial thoughts and recap. Um, The three of us will be going live on Tuesday with a little bit more uh, affirmation of what happened the previous week, as well as uh, some quick preview of the upcoming week. Arjun and I will be live on Thursdays, and then we'll also do our Q&A on Saturdays. So we still get three episodes, if you will, of us, plus a live episode of Argent on Thursday. So hopefully you guys are as excited about that as we are. Obviously, week two will be a little bit different because that's Thursday night <laughs> football. Other than that, uh, and the Monday night game later on in the year will be a, a pretty similar schedule to that. So Tyler, Alex, appreciate the time tonight. Hopefully you guys lose and hopefully I win. I'm probably going to lose like last year, uh, but it's all good, all in good fun, so.